Expanding Your Mind with Grant Hicks, a boundary-breaking show designed to dissect subjects such as spirituality, past lives, hypnosis, the esoteric, ancient history, the universe, energy, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, the earth, and more. Hello and welcome to episode six of Expanding Your Mind. Now, I've written some notes down. The reason being is because um, I just watched a documentary the other evening. <clears throat> and uh, I like to sometimes have things on in the background. Um, but then some things get really interesting. You think, oh, I want to watch this, actually. What's this all about? And the program was about um, Broadmoor, which is a mental institute in England. And um, it got me thinking. A lot of the mental institutes around the world, especially, especially in the Western world, uh, UK, America, the mental institutions um, were built, I want to say were built, or were they built then, <clears throat> in the Victorian era. And a lot of things happened in the Victorian era, or the 1800s. Namely, another reset, a reset that happened in the early 1800s. So it got me thinking, these mental institutions, what were they really? There was also called uh, lunatic asylums. Now, if you know that the word for the moon in Spanish is la luna. So that's where the word lunatic comes from. Luna. So when the full moon is out, people go crazy called lunatics. If you didn't know that. But I'll go to my notes shortly so I don't miss anything out. But... Um, <clears throat> I always you hear stories you see things you read things and sometimes you take them at face value and other times you can do deeper research depends on how you're feeling on that day i was just talking to someone earlier and i said you know as soon as i see something or hear something my whole body is like um one of the clairs clair knowing you just know information just goes whoop and it's in your body it's in your aura and you know what they're telling you is a lie or the majority of what they tell you is a lie and i just got thinking i mean don't take my word for it this is just me airing my opinion <clears throat> or what i feel anyway and um these lunatic asylums these mental institutes bear in mind a lot of the english uh lunatic asylums like there's from like 1660, six years before the 1666 Cesc V Act, if you know all about that. 1666 Cesc V Act, where it is. It's like they were preparing. So 1660 uh, 
lunatic asylums became more mainstream. Five years before the Great Fire of London, if you know about the Great Fire of London, if you look anywhere, there's a Great Fire of Chicago, Great Fire of everywhere. You think, God, there's a lot of fires going on. See, I'm digressing again, sorry. There's a lot of fires going on. But all it was was certain families organised to go around and burn places to the ground so they could rebuild their new world. The world that controls now. <clears throat> For the moment. Anyway. So, if there was an early reset in, in the 1800s, the early 1800s, because you see all these orphan trains. If you haven't seen the black and white and sepia photos of the orphan trains, there's hundreds and hundreds, well, it would be thousands and thousands, actually, of children on trains. Where are all the adults? You know? You see the Victorian um, children as chimney sweeps, like the film Oliver Twist. You know, the orphans there. Where'd all the adults go? You've got the film, is it Children of the Corn? No adults. It's kind of, they're, they're telling you something. So were all the adults murdered? Were they put underground? Because there's underground railways from hundreds of years ago, if you didn't know. <clears throat> and um, just so for example, I'm just on the fly here. Just so for example, that there was a great reset, early 1800s, and they, they have to rewrite the whole of history which they have done we all know that history is a lie as they tell it and um what if they wiped out most of the adults to start again and have and they did have incubator babies in the victorian era if you can see they used to sell babies you can see the photos babies children for sale uh, uh they'd be growing babies in incubators in the 1800s it's like they're regrowing the population. I mean, how would they wipe out billions and billions right now? How would they do that? We all know how they're doing it. So what if, again, just off the cuff, what if these people that were put in these mental asylums, these lunatic asylums, and if you see the uh <clears throat> the the list the admissions list of if you do this if you've got that if you've got that you'll be admitted and we would all be admitted now we would we'd all be classed as mentally insane just the silly little things they made it law to admit people in that kind of question things and what if they wiped out most of the adults, brought out the incubator babies, the orphan trains where they got orphans from, say, I don't know, say from Russia, moved them here, from here, moved them to America or moved them to Italy or Spain or wherever. And they did that so that the children wouldn't know their roots. They've done it for centuries, swapping populations in different countries, if you're unaware of that. And um, so what if, we'll get there in a minute, <laughs> it's, it's 
told you, I digress quite a lot. What if the people that were put in the asylums were those trying to tell everyone what was going on? Yeah. What if they were saying, look, look, the governments are doing this, they're doing that, and blah, 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 you need to do this, and uh, oh, shut up, you conspiracy theorist. Shut up. Oh, that's crazy. That guy, oh, that woman's crazy over there. Oh, they're absolutely crazy. Oh, are they? Oh, are they? What, what are they? What are you accusing them of? Oh, this. Oh, let's have a look at the list. Oh, yes. In you go. In you go. Never to be released. <clears throat> What are your thoughts on that? Because the Victorian era is, is well known for orphans. I don't know about the States. Maybe you guys can uh, tell me more about the States if it was the same there. And other countries around the world. We know full well that all governments are complicit in uh, stealing babies from hospitals, from homes, and sending them elsewhere around the world and telling the parents that they died. No, there's fantastic documentaries on that, especially from England to Australia. There's a film, is it called Oranges, Oranges and Sunshine? Something like that, Oranges and Sunshine, something like that. And uh, based on real people. And a woman questioned things from England and she went to Australia and said, oh, what do you know about your mum? And that? oh, she died giving birth to me. Well, no, she didn't. She's still alive. She was told that you died. What? What are you on about? So they repopulated from England to Australia. They stole loads of babies and the governments were in on it. Governments, the hospitals, the care homes, the Catholic Church, all in on it. They think, oh, wow, that's a bit strange. And it was up to the 70s, 80s. It's most pro probably still going on to this day. Certainly from other countries anyway. And then you find out they've done the same in Ireland. They've done the same in Spain, in Italy. You know, they've taken the children, <laughs> said they've died, and, you know, <clears throat> it's too distressing to look at your dead baby in a box, so they take care of it. Some rich couple wants a baby. They just put an order in, don't they? Sick, very sick, but it happens. It's happened, and it's still happened, allegedly. So what do you think of that, that these lunatic asylums, these mental... Uh, institutions were built to house those that questioned obviously you, you may get people um, a bit mentally gone what was it then was it lead did they have lead plates then i think it, they had lead plates and uh when they ate tomatoes and stuff obviously the lead would leach into the tomatoes and so it was like oh eating tomatoes makes you crazy no you've got lead poisoning from the plates so even by eating tomatoes, you'd be classed as crazy. How do these people turn crazy anyway? I mean, if you haven't learned anything in the past two and a half years of how society, the, well, society, the whole world can be manipulated into believing something, pretty much like uh, the radio show War of the Worlds, wasn't it? Anyway, digressing again. So I just... Um, this uh, documentary I saw was on Broadmoor, which is, I think, the UK's most famous uh, mental institution. Anyway, I'm just going to uh, read some things here. It, um, 
was built in 1863, 1863, okay, 159 years ago. And what, what um, amazed me was the sheer size of it. Was it a building left over from Tartaria? Because uh, I haven't touched on that subject in these podcasts yet, but maybe I will do. Tartaria was supposedly the largest ever empire on the earth um, that they don't want you knowing about. And a lot of the buildings still remain today, apparently. The Greco-Roman buildings that you see with the, the pyramid and the pillars are supposed to be Tartarian, and that was already there. Already there, that they just came in and dug it out of uh, a mud flood. We can go into that in a deeper, um, in, in uh, more depth another time. But when I saw, when, when the camera was panning around, and um, you, you see, you think, oh, yeah, it's quite a large size building, that. And then the camera is still panning around. And you think, bloody hell, that's huge. And the camera's still panning around and panning around and panning around. You think, bloody hell, that's massive. That's huge. <clears throat> and it covers, the site of Broadmoor is 53 acres. 53 acres. That's quite a size for a mental institution. And the first patient was a female. First patient was female infanticide so whether she allegedly killed her child don't know you know you know how things are made up nowadays just to put someone away um she was classed as feeble-minded 27th of may that was nine, uh, 1863 feeble-minded and most likely had congenital syphilis so she put in a, a mental asylum for having syphilis yeah not that the bloke that gave it to her gets it. The woman has to go in. You know? And the first male patients were in February 1864. It was quite a while. Quite a while until male patients come in. Nearly a year. So what were they saying then? That the women were crazy? <clears throat> when was the suffragette movement? The uh, <clears throat> When I say the suffragette movement, the controlled opposition suffragette movement. If you don't know, it's controlled. Yeah, it's great that, um, what's her name? Is it Emmeline Pankhurst? Threw herself in front of the horses. But it was organised. It was organised to happen. Um, part, you know, part of the destruction of the family unit. Get the women out to work. The women's rights, the women's libs. Get them out there. That's it. We'll look after your children, says the state. We all know what happens when the state get involved. Nothing good. Anyway, as watching it, and as um, it was a great documentary because uh, they've shown you old footage of black and white, and you see them uh, the patients having electric shock therapy, electrodes on the side of the head, and they're buzzing, and the patients are going all over the place, like saying, "Oh yeah, yeah." Uh, sometimes the electric shock therapy would, uh, you know hurt the patients no shit Sherlock you're electrocuting them in their head flipping hell you know it's mental obviously in 1952 there was a guy called uh, John Straffan who escaped he actually escaped from there 
And what he did was, he he's walking along, he's thinking, where am I? He's gone past a few pubs, this, that, and the other. And he saw a, a little girl, I don't know how old she was, six, seven, something like that, six, seven, eight years old. Uh, she came out of her house on her bike, went to start cycling. He said, hello, little girl. Um, would you like to come see some, what was it, fairies or something in the forest? Okay, being a little girl, innocent, yeah, okay. He took her in there and murdered her. So he escaped and murdered a, a young child. And when they caught him, so it wasn't long after they caught him, he, he denied it. He actually denied he killed a little girl. Just then he said, oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me that killed a little girl on the bike. How do you know a little girl on the bike got killed? But we don't know to the full extent what they did to him inside there. Not that that's, um, <clears throat> um, what's the word? Do, 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 what's the word? You know, litting him off for murdering a young child. That's an absolute no-no. So what they did, they built higher walls. Higher walls that like the, the inmates couldn't climb over and they put alarms everywhere and they, they um, sounded the alarms every, I think it's every Monday as a test to let people know it's working. And then all the schools locally were fitted with alarms as well. So if someone escaped there, it'd be sent through to the school and say, keep them inside, don't let anyone out. And it's funny, it's quite interesting because, excuse me, I have a sip of water with DMSO in it. If you don't know what DMSO is, research it. Oh, that's so nice. And um, all the reporting up, oh, I can't remember what year it was now, up until, oh, I can't remember what year, but all reporting regarding inmates at the hospital, Broadmoor Hospital, they call it, goes through the Home Secretary. Why would mental patients at Broadmoor um, have to go through the Home Secretary? That's like highly classified. That's, uh, you know, kind of the top of the tree, isn't it? Why would the Home Secretary be interested in Joe Blow in a mental asylum? I'll tell you why, because of some of the patients they have in there. Anyway, um, later on in 2005, they opened up the, the Paddock Centre. <laughs> Listen to this. Uh, for those that have a dangerous, severe personality disorder. And who named it that? And who wanted to open that? HM Government. Can you kind of see where this is going? Anyone who stands up against the government or does something that the government doesn't want anyone else finding out, you're going in there. Now listen, especially the guys from the UK, listen to this, right? From 1968, still at Broadmoor Hospital, mental institution, lunatic asylum, whatever you want to call it, Jimmy Savile. Now, even hearing that name should ugh, send shivers through your body. <clears throat> uh, Jimmy Savile, for the Americans, was uh, a radio DJ. <clears throat> Shot to fame and lots of television series for children. And lots and lots of charity work. Best friends with uh, Prince Charles. 
invited into Buckingham Palace regularly. Anyway, from 1968, and uh, yeah, he abused lots and lots of children and dead bodies in hospitals around the country. Allegedly, <clears throat> lots of people put in complaints about him. Anyway, from 1968, Jimmy Savile. So Jimmy Savile was uh, kind of like uh, an Epstein. Ooh, who's Epstein's best mate? <clears throat> Doesn't take a rocket scientist to connect, does it? Anyway, from 1968, Jimmy Savile undertook voluntary work and was given his own room. In his own room in a mental hospital. Um... And in 1987, a, uh, a minister, Department of Health and Social Security, Baroness Trumpington, appointed Savile to the management board, to the management board of the hospital, a known serial paedophile and... Uh, I forgot what they call is it oh, necrophiliac is it what's the one where they have sex with dead bodies I think it is necrophiliac in charge of Broadmoor they <laughs> made him in charge of it and he was called Dr Savile can you believe this and in 1988 Edwina Curry the health minister told Savile to chair a task force overseeing management of the hospital following supervision of the board this is where the lunatics are running the asylum. It's unbelievable. So she supported him in blackmailing, attempted to blackmail the Prison Officers Association. Why would he be blackmailing him? Because obviously, well, obviously, maybe um, the next part, allegations of abuse by inmates. He was given a, a personal set of keys, his own set of keys to get in to the mental hospital. From 1968 to 2004, with full unsupervised access to some wards. Wow. You don't just get that. That just doesn't happen. Like, you know... I'm not going to make this all about Jimmy Savile, but uh, it's frustrating because a lot of us as children wrote to Jimmy Savile because he had a, a TV series for those in America. Elsewhere, I don't know him. He had a TV series, I don't know if it was 70s, 80s. Um, Jim will fix it. And Jim fixed it for children to have their wishes come true. And I wrote in asking to, I wanted to go in Doctor Who's TARDIS. That's what I wanted to do. Oh, Thank God he didn't reply. Eh? <laughs> but th this is it. To go from a DJ and in 1968, given keys all the way through till 2004. To go in and abuse people in there. Unbelievable. Anyway. Current and former patients of Broadmoor. This, this is this just a few, just a few that I spotted. And believe it or not, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually had conversations with one of these inmates. 
<laughs> I saw their name, went, oh my God. I spent a day with him. Well, a bit more. So day and, no, a few days, actually. Anyway, um, there's a, a Michael Edebwali who uh, murdered Lee Rigby. The English people know that. Um, James Kelly, who escaped in 1888, they believed that he was Jack the Ripper. He was in there. Mad Frankie Fraser. If you know the Cray Twins, uh, he was around that time. Ronnie Cray, one of the Cray Twins. Roy Shaw, pretty boy Roy Shaw. I spent a day of him at Ascot horse racing years and years ago. Uh, yeah, Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, and Charles Bronson, not Charles Bronson off the TV. His name's Charles Salvador or something like that. And he changed his name to Charles Bronson. But it's funny, I can't believe Roy Shaw was in there. Funny how they're all kind of gangsters. And um, <clears throat> yeah, just digressed very, very slightly. It's funny because, uh, yeah, used to go on trips. Used to, we used to go on Beano's, call them Beano's, coach trips to the coast for the day with the lads. And in the summer, we'd also go to Ascot. And uh, it was like a country club. And, and yeah, we all put our names down, tickets got on there. And we're all chatting. And there's a few people on there I didn't know. Knew most of them. A couple of didn't. New faces. And there's this one guy. There's a small guy. Gentleman. Um, how old would he have been at the time? He might be in his... Late seventies, now is he still alive? I can't remember if he's still alive. Should have checked, but he would have been, yeah, wherever he was, he would have been in his sixties back then. And we're on the coach, <clears throat> and I was queuing up to go to the toilet on the coach. And he said, oh, "Excuse me, do you mind if I I, I, I go to the toilet first? I've got a bit of a sure, no problem. Yeah, absolutely, you can go." He came, "Oh, thank you very much for that." I said, oh, "No worries at all." And I could see it was a, a kind of a an old fashioned gentleman respected manners and that and uh lovely guy absolutely lovely guy and we're chatting on the coach and then we're at ascot and we're going around ascot chatting and you know, a few of us and there's a pub outside ascot and i went in to go to the toilet come out there's this huge huge crowd around this roy shaw and what and peter this is no word of a lie sort of my own eyes people were giving him money to sign it was like the Beatles had turned up. It's like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. And he was like doing it, you know, yeah, there you go, there you go. And he was like, you're all right, Roy, yeah, 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 all right, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all that about it. It's only afterwards that I, you know, met him a few more times uh, at a country club he'd come up there. And then when you research these people, and it's like, wow, there's some history there. Wow, some proper history there. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, he was a really nice guy. Roy, pretty boy, sure. Didn't know he was in Broadmoor, though. But it shows you, though, doesn't it? It just shows you that um, if, if, if you don't follow suit, you don't follow suit, you know, the doctor can say, oh, I don't think they're um, mentally well, so let's lock them up under this Mental Health Act or this Act or that Act, you know. How many people are inside in prison or mental health institutes that are telling the truth, that just locked away because certain people don't want information out? 
lots, I'd say. So yeah, in um, I was doing some more research just before this, and um, yeah, even I think the largest uh, mental institute in England was a place called Whittingham Hospital. And that's 150 years old as well. You know, built in the 1800s, 1866, so three years after Broadmoor. I think there's three hospitals there. And they say that the Whittingham Hospital, I know in America, we say Whittingham, you will say Whittingham. <laughs> That's Whittingham. 150 years old. And they say that mostly it's Victorian workhouses, the people who worked in Victorian workhouses that ended up there. You know, I mean, working all the hours God sends for pittance in crappy conditions, working for businessmen sounds familiar doesn't it just using and abusing their workers yeah just put more workers get the children in do this do that but in world war ii that's when they had most patients world war ii they had most mental health patients i mean you think about it going into a war like that yeah it's going to smash anyone's mental health, isn't it, really? But they had 3,553 patients then. 3,553 patients. And I thought, do you know what? Let's have a look at America. Oh, my God. <laughs> you Americans, you have to outdo everyone, don't you? You just have to do it. You can't help yourselves. Not you personally, but you know what I mean. And... Uh, there's only a short bit of research so some guys you, you may be able to research further and, and get more information but just a, a very short search um, America's largest mental asylum in 1954 was the Pilgrim State Hospital now listen to this bear in mind uh, the Whittingham Hospital had 3,553 patients World War II okay in 1954, the Pilgrim State Hospital had, drum roll, 13,875 patients. 13,000, nearly 14,000 patients. What the freaking hell? There were no pictures of it. I just did a quick search, so I'm going to try and find some pictures if it still exists. And then another one. Georgia College in uh, Millage, Milledgeville in the 60s had more than 12,000 patients. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. What are they all in for? Um, There's a lot of funny stuff going on in America in the 50s and 60s, if you're unaware. The MK Ultra, the programming of the minds, lots of stuff. Mass hypnosis still going on right now. So it's bizarre, isn't it? It's just, uh, yeah, do some research. It, it got, you know, you might not find it fascinating, but it's uh, where are all these patients coming from? What have they done? How do they sustain it? You know, have they, like from the Victorian era, have they kind of caught on to, yeah, we can just do this. Yeah, just put them away. Once we put them away, that's it. Never to be seen again. Imagine going in there and getting stories from these people. What are you in here for? 
oh, I invented, uh, I invented a car to run on water. Did you? Surely that'd be on the news, wouldn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> How many people have been killed because they've invented cars that have run on water? Quite a few. Stan Myers, one of the most well-known ones. What a world we're in, eh? What a world we are in. Uh, and this is the thing, it's, what do you teach your children? What do you teach them? Because going into indoctrination centres, schools as they're called, you, you talk about rubbish history, fake history, uh, a language that's, that's very deceitful. The English language is so deceitful. Um, and just say to your kids, well, you know, if you grow up and be a good citizen, you'll be all right. But if you start to question things, you know, things might not go your way. And I'm sure some of you have experienced that. And, uh, and nowadays, what do they call people now who question things? Just question things. They're called conspiracy theorists. Oh, conspiracy theory. I see last night there's a program and they just announced that well, not announced it was just on the background and uh said oh don't tell me don't tell me you you're um bill gates and the lizard people are going to take over the world what the hell <laughs> and uh and then the guy walked away and says don't say you weren't warned for oh there you go look look they're telling you to your face. Telling you to your face. Don't say you weren't warned. How many people have kind of said that past two and a half years? Can't say you haven't been warned. Try to warn you for time and time again. Anyway, are you a lunatic? <laughs> are you a nut job? I should find that list. I'll find that list and uh, post it on one of my groups because the list is, yeah, anything. There's the most silly things. You'd be locked up. Um, but they're America. I mean, if you if you guys can find out any more info on other mental asylums, uh, um, nearly fourteen thousand patients. I remember, oh, how many years ago was it? <clears throat> don't know. Don't quote me on it. Twenty. Wow. So how old am I? About <laughs> yeah. no, longer than that. Twenty five years ago. Twenty years ago. Maybe a bit longer. Um, with the, the, the mental institutions, the lunatic asylums, they thought, or here in the UK anyway, they thought, oh, we, we just tell you what we'll do, care in the community. We don't want to look after them anymore, so what are we going to do? We'll let the community, we'll get the community together to look after them and care for them. So they got rid of them all. And sometimes they turned them into hospitals and um, there's one near Southgate in London. Uh, brain's gone, so I can't remember. And um, I think it's in, in private flats now. But this is it, how the buildings changed their use. From lunatic asylums and mental people who have been killing themselves. To, and as a lot of the people, the patients in these, these uh, places always say they're tortured. You know? if you're not allowed access to the outside world it's kind of they've got free reign to treat you how they like you know with whatever medication they like 
or these test subjects. And then if you're in these places, you're living in these places not knowing that that, that was uh, what it was used for years ago. What's not to say that you're not getting the ghosts or the hauntings or the, the apparitions or whatever, or the energy, because the energy is still around there, still in the land. So I'd be interested. Interesting. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, fascinating things. It's uh, and this is it, guys. This, this, as I always say, do your own research. Never believe a word I say. I've just written some stuff down off uh, some websites and that, and, and and gone through it. But it goes to show you, doesn't it? When you start doing deeper research, you start uncovering more things. Now, if I'd have just literally, you know, seen the documentary, go, oh yeah, okay, let's dig a little bit deeper, shall we? And you start digging and digging and digging, and it's like, well, hold on a minute, that doesn't add up. That doesn't add up. Maybe it's more this. So let me know what your thoughts are. Whether you think originally uh, these um, mental institutions were for people that questioned a reset or questioned you know they may have been survivors well they may have been survivors and uh knew the truth but when they spoke out this is why you know you know when people share their experiences or, or whatever whether it's uh sra satanic ritual abuse or other stuff, other abuses. Um, and when people haven't heard of this kind of stuff and people start talking about it, because there's certain groups that talk about it, their experiences, etc., etc. you always, always get the people that say, well, if you know who's done it, you know where it is, blah, 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 blah. Why don't you report it to the police? And those kind of comments don't really help. And I saw it in one group, sort of digressed shortly, uh, you know, shortly, but um, and one of the SRA survivors said, do you not think we've done all of that? Do you not think it's closed doors all the way? Unless they need a scapegoat or unless they need to put someone out there to, to the public so it looks as though they're doing their job. But you report things because you're told to report things, aren't you? You're brought up to trust the police, trust the army, trust the politicians, trust the doctors, trust, trust, trust. It's, you know, if you haven't noticed by now, they are the very least people you can trust. The very least. And some people aren't ready to face that yet. You know? Because their life experiences haven't taken them down that path. So from their worldview, you look as though you're the crazy person. Oh, what you want about, you know. And, you know, people say, well, it'd be on the news, wouldn't it? It's like, oh, dear. Who controls the news? So, uh, that's a bit weird, yeah. My spirit friends haven't played on my nose today. Just thinking, where are they? 
don't all come in right now. <laughs> End up in a lunatic asylum. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so it's... Yeah, I, I, I tend to trust my guts or a, a feeling. I, I get the feeling. So, okay. It's kind of a niggling feeling that, that won't go away. And you, you may have the same. You may have exactly the same thinking, oh, I feel this about that. It's a feeling. And the truth is felt. You, you could be told the truth a hundred million times a day and it still won't register. And you can look at the world today. There's billions of people that have been told the truth and it's just not registering. Just not registering. <clears throat> so who's really, who, who is really the lunatics? Who are they? Is it the people that don't listen? Those that ridicule? those that call you conspiracy theorists or is it the people that question things and point it out when was the term conspiracy theorist uh, brought out was it the 70s to discredit anyone who questioned <clears throat> so i'm sure that would be on the list now conspiracy theorists like oh all these labels it's like no i've just researched i've just checking and what you're telling me kind of doesn't add up if i you know do this this and this and that's it guys question everything absolutely everything um you know, yes it takes you down certain rabbit holes and some rabbit holes are really really deep and quite difficult to come back out of oh that reminds me i have to do a podcast on a subject someone mentioned the other week is um, when you first start waking up and going down rabbit holes, uh, what effect that can have on your mental health. And it's quite a good subject, so I'm just going to write that down. Uh, if I don't, I'll come off and I'll forget. And you'll say, you said you were going to do this. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to write it down. Yeah. Right, guys so have a fantabulous week whatever you're doing uh, if you can uh yeah download the app download the app that way you can listen to these podcasts anytime you like and new new podcasts are out every tuesday evening uk time 9 p.m uk time i did put uh i have put on the older podcasts, the time, there might be time zone difference because I think America goes back an hour on November the 6th, I believe. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, please share the podcast to who, who may you feel might benefit. Um, and apart from that, oh, and a quick thank you. Should have said this at the beginning, really. A quick thank you. Um, although I've only been doing a, a few of these podcasts on the, the podcast directory that I'm on guess what number one for downloads so thank you very much guys I've, it's not well I just got a message today said oh do you realise you're number one for downloads so, whoa that's excellent so thank you very much for that you know I know some people go and look at their stats all the time I haven't got a clue how to do that so you know much to have one person downloading but um, yeah, the, the more you, you you share, download and share or share the link or whatever, uh, I'd really appreciate it. Um, let's try and 
And I think my main aim is if there are people out there that are struggling with their mental health, that have certain knowledge or have questioned things and they're isolated on their own, the black sheep of the family, yeah. Um, it's a kind of a solace for them to kind of let them know they're not crazy and they're not alone. So I would appreciate it if you could share it because if it can help just one person, then that's my job done. All right. So uh, thank you very much and uh, chat to you next time. Take care, guys. See ya. Bye-bye.